1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's our first podcast after Mike Tomlin's press conference leading up to a regular season game. Steelers and Niners coming up on Sunday at Akershare Stadium. It's the regular season opener. Joe Rudder joining me, Tim Benz, right now here in the Fans First Network, Breakfast with Benz podcast as we get set to begin 2023 at home for the Steelers, which is a rarity in and of itself, Joe, and then getting the Niners and NFC West team. San Francisco coming here and beating the Steelers, what was that, 93 or 94? They lost a game to a really good San Francisco team setting up this game. The Niners, a division champion that the Steelers are playing in week one. They just did that against Cincinnati. They just did that against Buffalo. Uh, I think this is gonna be a real good test right out of the chute of how many strides they've really taken towards being a playoff-worthy team this season as opposed to how they missed it a year
1: ago? No, this is going to be a very tough matchup, and uh, you know, 49ers have a good defense. I- I'm still skeptical a quarterback that uh, Brock Purdy is the guy that's going to be leading them. I think that could be a big weakness for the 49ers and could you know, maybe unravel their season at some point. But no, this at least on paper, this could be a very, very good matchup for the Steelers, very difficult one for them to win. That said, I think San Francisco actually comes in with more
0: questions, at least as we look at it right now. George Kittle's health, Brock Purdy's elbow, how good is Brock Purdy really now that the entire league has had a whole year and offseason
1: to evaluate him, and, of course, Nick Bosa and his contract situation. Yeah, it wasn't an issue for T.J. Watt when he signed his deal and jumped right in and started playing against Buffalo and you know went on to become Defensive Player of the Year that year and almost, set, you know, almost single-handedly set the uh, – the NFL sacks record, but you know, you know, Bosa. You know, he, one thing about TJ Watt though, he was on the field practicing by himself, uh, was conditioning there. He he was within the eye scope of the trainers, the coaches. They could see what he was doing. That's not the case for Nick Bosa. Um, so he, I think he's going to be behind in that regards. Even if he does sign something and come in this week, um, I don't think he's going to be the guy that's you know wrecked backfields last year. So I think you know they, the Steelers maybe have that advantage that you know. Over When T.J. Watt came back, then whatever happens with Nick Bosa? Stopping the
0: 49ers' run game, I think, is going to be a major key for the Steelers. It is for everybody who faces San Francisco, and San Francisco usually doesn't allow themselves to be stopped running the football. You got Trent Williams on one side. I'm not expecting a lot from Alex Highsmith. It's going to be a lot of what TJ Watt does on the edge on the left side of the Steelers defense and what they do on the interior. This could be a big game for new guy Keanu Benton. And I think it's going to be a big game for Montrevis Adams who decided to keep on the
1: active roster. Yeah, it's going to be, especially for the interior with that, you know, knowing that they're going to run. Um, you're looking at Cam Hayward, who took 10 snaps in the preseason. Larry Ogunjobi, who didn't take any and who has not really practiced in a while for this team, in several weeks as far as, you know, getting in there and hitting and doing the team-related stuff. So I think they're going to rotate, have to rotate a lot of guys. You're going to see a lot of Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal. Um, Armon Watts I think they're gonna you know as many guys as they can suit up and play on the defensive line I think they're gonna have to keep those guys fresh and rotate them in because I think that if you're the 49ers I think you want to try to exploit that and establish the running game I think it's gonna be a real interesting
0: gauge of where they think their inside linebackers are where they think their safeties are in the middle of the field because the matchup strain that San Francisco can put on the Steelers is they look like they want to be a run heavy team they don't have a quarterback who's going to try to burn you with bullets over the middle or downfield. So you think, okay, this could be a big Landon Roberts game, but you also don't want a Landon Roberts matched up with Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle if he's healthy enough to play. So, do they go a little lighter with Quan Alexander, who's got some more coverage skills? I like Alexander. I think Alexander's plenty good in the run game personally especially with the way that San Francisco runs it like I I don't think they're going to power their way over or through Quan Alexander but I'm interested to see how they do that maybe it's a lot more of Keanu Neal uh, coming up and playing some uh, quasi linebacker so to speak maybe not as much of a Deontay or Demonte Casey game that's a possibility
1: yeah all those things are in play and you know I wouldn't be surprised if they don't throw three inside linebackers out there at some point um, you know Uh, they, They haven't really shown that at all but it wouldn't surprise me because of the way Quan Alexander has played and Landon Roberts is known as a run stopper. You know, I think if you're going to be covering guys out of the backfield, you're going to have to trust that Cole Holcomb is the guy to do that. They think he's an upgrade over what they had last year. Um, But that's been really an issue for the Steelers, covering backs and tight ends since Ryan Shazier's injury. So, you know, that's something to watch this Sunday. Um, I think the 49ers are going to try to do that. And it's funny, when you were running down and talking about the quarterback play and – trying to be a run-heavy team, my first thought was, well, that's what the Steelers are trying to do. They want to be a run-heavy team. They don't have a quarterback yet who is known for zipping them down the middle, for taking the deep chances he did in the preseason, but not so much last year. So I think it could be mirror images on both sides of the ball.
0: Let's go to the other side of the ball then with the Steelers, since you brought it up, and talk about their approach offensively with uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I know there's been a lot of conversation about how much that carry share is going to be uh, tweak this year as opposed to last year? How much more will Jalen Warren get the ball as opposed to Najee Harris? Do you see the split uh, narrowing between those two at all, or is this still Najee Harris 70% of the time?
1: I think eventually it'll be maybe Najee Harris 70% of the time. I think it'll be more 60-40 just because of the fact that opening week you know, the amount of carries each guy had, and didn't play a ton in the preseason, you know, he does condition himself, but I think they want to try to get both guys active, keep both guys fresh in this game to start out the season, especially if it's going to be a hot one at Acrisure Stadium, uh, you know, I think they're going to try to get both those guys involved.
0: If Bosa does play, I went back and I watched every one of his sacks from last year, all 18 and a half of them, it took 19 snaps to get there because, you know, the half sacks, yeah. so stack it up and so forth, but of the 19 snaps that it took to get the 18-and-a-half sacks, 12 of them were over what would be Dan Moore's side, so defense right, left tackle for the Steelers, and then seven on the other side where he was on the left side of the defense over who would be the right tackle, Chuke Sakura for. They're both going to be tested. How do you feel both of those tackles showed out, especially Moore in
1: keeping Broderick Jones off his back for the starting job? He was, he was fine in the preseason, but then again, they really didn't face a lot of starting competition from the teams they faced. Uh, you know, you would—they would, th- would like to have thought that uh, maybe Atlanta would have played some players, some starters more in the third preseason game, but that didn't happen. So that's going to be a big test for Dan Moore. I mean, then he's got two. You know, he's got Garrett and uh, Max Crosby coming in after that. So it's, you know, it's going to be three in a row here. But, yeah, to get off to the first game like this, there's going to be a lot of emphasis um, on Dan Moore. And even if he does struggle, I don't think that's immediately a cause for Broderick Jones to jump in there. I think they want to put him in when he's ready, not if Dan Moore has a hiccup. I've been
0: rattling this around in my head leading up to the game for weeks now, what their mental approach is going to be about the 49ers, like in the sense of – They do have that reputation of being really good defensively. They do have that reputation of being able to run the football and relying on the run. So what does that mean in terms of the Steelers' approach? Do they try to win this game 24 to 21 tops? Do they try to win this in the low 20s, high teens, Or do we see them, knowing that San Francisco can score, even though it is a good defense, being willing to test the ball down the field and see what this new offense can do?
1: That might happen. I, you know, I would maybe be more inclined to think that's going to be a week two issue with Cleveland. I think they're going to try to want to get out of here in a low scoring game, uh, knowing the way San Francisco likes to, you know, move the ball. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game from that perspective. I think the Steelers are just going to try to do what they can to you know to control the tempo on their side and keep san francisco off the field as much as possible
0: last thing and i asked mike tomlin about this i'm going to write about it later in the week as it relates to the special teams component of the game the steelers lost a bunch of core special teams guys it was sort of a brushed over topic They seem to have guys that filled out the bottom third of the roster that are very special teams capable. I think that was by design. They've acquired guys that could be good on special teams. And that's really important early in the season because all these holes they have to patch over, it's good that they have some guys with veteran experience and they're not just relying on rookies. Because Zach Gentry brought this up to me before he got cut. You know, he said, Look at our two openers the last two seasons. Buffalo, you know, they had the long, near-touchdown run against them on the opening kickoff. Yeah. They blocked the kick that turned into the absolute deal-breaker for the Bills. The, the Steelers ended up winning the game largely because of that. And then Saint, uh, Cincinnati, I, I know it was circumstantial, but not having the long snapper, the Steelers completely exploited that. So, you know, the, the mistakes that can happen in September with a core special teams unit that isn't necessarily as up to speed as it would be a month later, that, that could have a real... I think difference in a tight game between two teams that might be playoff teams this year.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely could be the difference. And, and you know, one guy Mike Tomlin did not mention was Miles Boykin, the other Miles in the scenario, who's a core special teams guy and who was back last year. I mean, that's really the whole reason he remains on the roster. Um, I, you know, I think they have enough guys. They've mixed in some new guys, but I think they, you know, that they're, you know, that they worked, you know, at least from Danny Smith's perspective. Worked enough guys into there where they feel pretty confident with that group heading into the season, and that definitely will be something to watch. Joe Rudder, read him every day leading up until kickoff for Steelers and Niners.
0: That's going to take place Sunday at Akershire Stadium. You can read Breakfast with Ben's all the way up until then as well. Check me out on the DVE pregame show at 9 o'clock, Stage AE. That's when we get rolling. We'll have our podcast throughout the course of the rest of the week as well here in the Fans First Network.